Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another episode of the Tigers Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Schulte, and this is episode one of season two. We've got a lot to get to, so we're just going to go ahead and break it down for you right now and get into things. And first off, most importantly, I want to welcome all of you who are tuned in via the YouTube channel, uh, which is not set up the way I want it to be yet, but we're looking, once we get to 100 subscribers, I can actually customize the channel name. And once we do that, then uh, we'll be a little bit better off. But for now, we appreciate all of you. Like, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things, and tell your neighbors, tell your friends. Let's get this show on the road. First and foremost, a big day news-wise for the Tigers today. It is November 30th, 2021 at the time of this recording, which means that we have all of about uh, an hour and 26 minutes left in the um, current collective bargaining agreement. Um, so right now it's, it's, it's still in the agreement that was signed in 2016. So we're just going to leave it at that and move on. Uh, with all that being said, um, Detroit has non-tendered Matt Boyd, which we saw this coming when they signed Eduardo Rodriguez in early November to a five-year, $77 million deal worth up to $80 million after incentives. It is a bigger deal than... than uh, it's, it's a pretty decent deal, actually. It's not a bigger deal then, but it's it's a pretty decent deal, and it's a better deal than the Jordan Zimmerman deal that was signed in uh, 2015 and finished last year for the Tigers. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but the big news of the day was the fact that the Tigers, according to everything we've seen now, they have not made it official. And I just looked at my at the Tigers PR Twitter um, and I'll just double check. Oh, I don't have Twitter open. I can't do that. Um, I will double check this at, at the time of this recording. As I said, it is. Yes, yes, I see that. Uh, let's go to the Tigers. Yeah. The last tweet mentioning player development was, well, before the Matthew Boyd news, was the fact that catcher Grayson Griner has cleared waivers and is now a free agent. Honestly, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know what? Good, good to see you go, bud. Um, go out and get some money, do what you need to do. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to focus on a little bit more important news at this point. Uh, the Tigers have not confirmed this, but multiple news sources are reporting that Javier Baez is signed to a six-year, $140 million deal 
with the Tigers. And to say that I'm not thrilled about it is is an understatement. Um, as many people who are friends of mine will tell you, I really, really did not want Javier Baez in Detroit. Not that I don't think he's a good player. Javier Baez is an amazing player. Javier Baez can do things defensively that most people wouldn't even think is are possible. Um, I really wanted Carlos Correa. I really thought Detroit was going to spend on Carlos Correa. And I got that impression from a statement that Chris Illich made at the Eduardo Rodriguez press conference. That being, and I quote, this is after he was asked if he didn't have a problem signing a shortstop to a $300 plus million deal. He said, and I quote, Al will have all the resources available to him that he needs to get a shortstop here in Detroit. Now, that's a slightly misleading statement. It can be misconstrued, and I was one of those people that misconstrued it, to him saying, money's no object. If money was a problem, which is what it seems to have been for Carlos Correa, because let's look at some of the other signings here. Marcus Simeon got $175 million over seven years. Corey Seager got $325 million over 10 years. So, that's all well and good. We knew, after last year, when Fernando Tatis signed a $340 million contract extension, and then Francisco Lindor signed a $341 million contract extension, that it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that Carlos Correa would demand and get $350 bucks over 10 years. He's good enough. He's the best shortstop out there this year in the free agent class. And based on his relationship with A.J. Hinch, going back to the Houston days, based on the fact that, that, that you know, He's certainly liked better in Detroit than he would be in L.A. or in uh, Boston or in New York. You would think that he would have signed here. But Chris Illich, once again, decided that he was going to play Scrooge early and not give the money for him and sign Javier Baez instead. Now, here's my problem with Javier Baez. Javier Baez struck out 184 times last year. Detroit was in the top five in both leagues, not just the American League, in both leagues in total strikeouts last year. And one of the lowest in both leagues in walks. This guy strikes out way more than he walks. He's not going to walk 100 times. He's going to strike out nearly 200 times a year. And we signed him to a six-year deal. Now... I, I, I don't say that Javier Baez is a bad player. He's a very good player. But when you're trying to, when, you, when you've got a young team, Derek Hill is young. Jake Rogers will be coming back in 2023. He's young. Akil Badu is young. Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson will be up in 2022. They are very young. 
when you've got a squad, Eric Haas is is relatively speaking young. He's only in his third year, really. When you've got a squad that is a very young squad, and right now your most patient hitter is Jamer Candelario, that's a problem. That's a very big problem. And the Tigers really didn't address that in the offseason. Now, A.J. Hinch and Scott Coolbaugh and Mike Hessman might think, well, we can fix this. We don't need to go out and get different players. We can fix this. And if that's the, if that's the case, great. Fix it. That's cool. Uh, Robbie Grossman might actually be, have, have had a few more walks last year than, than Candelario now that I think about it. But the point is, you've got two guys who are going to walk as much as they strike out, if not more than they strike out on this squad. Other than that, you've got Miguel Cabrera, who strikes out more than he walks. You've got Jonathan Scope, who strikes out more than he walks. You just added Javier Baez, who strikes out more than he walks. You got Derek Hill that strikes out more than he walks. Victor Reyes, Harold Castro. I mentioned uh, Torkelson and Green. They'll be up at some point in time next year. Akil Badu. I don't know Tucker Barnhart's numbers. Eric Haas strikes out more than he walks. So you've got people up and down this lineup, even on the bench, that aren't going to get you a walk when you need a walk. When you're down by three and you need two guys on base in the bottom of the ninth to, to tie the game up, Javier Baez is great if you can get two people on in front of him. Miguel Cabrera is is still capable from time to time if you can get people on in front of him. Jonathan Scope is very good if you can get people on in front of him. Getting people on in front of him is going to be the problem when you've got guys that strike out more than they walk. So Javier Baez comes up in the bottom of the ninth with, with two out and launches a solo homer into the left field seats. That's all well and good. Now you're down by two instead of three. So you only lose by two instead of three. Whereas if he comes up with no out and two men on, then you've got a chance. Depending on how they how they set up the lineup, if 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 he can get on ahead of say Jonathan Scope or Jamer Candelario, then now you've got more of a chance. <clears throat> AJ Hinch's big saying is, outside of we got to get the pitching right, AJ Hinch's big saying is, keep the line moving. It's hard to keep the line moving when you're striking out more than you walk. And that's what uh, Javier Baez does. So we had every chance to get Carlos Correa. And Chris Illich once again said, sorry, Al, I'm not going to spend that kind of money. Now, to be fair to Chris Illich, he may have been looking at... <clears throat> The Miguel Cabrera deal, 
and saying, yeah, years five through eight of this deal haven't gone very well. He may have been looking at the Prince Fielder deal and saying, yeah, we didn't do very well in that deal either. Jordan Zimmerman, we got stuck on the hook for that deal. So he may have been gun shy, but if you want to bring a World Series to Detroit, I'll take a guy who's been to three of them as a free agent signing over a guy that's only been to one. I'll take a guy who has much more winning experience than a guy that doesn't have as much. Javier Baez was great. First game in Colorado, he hits a home run in his major league debut. So did Akil Badu. So if you want to compare that, then, you know, that's great. If that that's not going to that doesn't mean that Akil Badu is going to have the same numbers as Javier Baez. So there are pros to this deal for Detroit. First and foremost, there's a player option after the after after 2023. So that's that's what it is. Which means in two years, he can say, nope, I don't want to be here anymore. And he can walk away. So there's that. Now, what does Javier Baez bring to the table that's positive? He's won a gold glove. He was a runner-up for a gold glove. He's been an all-star twice. He was runner-up for MVP. He's hit more than 25 home runs multiple years. He's a legitimate 2020 candidate, 20 steals, 20 homers. He can, when it's needed, provide very solid punch in the middle of that order. He can also play second base as well as shortstop. Why is this important? Because Jonathan Scope's deal uh, ends in 2023. He's got a contract extension from that they signed la uh, earlier this year that goes through 2023. Now, uh, he will be... We've got Ryan Kreidler in the minors. I don't know if they move Kreidler over to second so that Baez can continue to play short or they just keep Kreidler at short and move Baez over to second. But if you're a shortstop and you're slowing down a little bit, second base isn't a bad option. And he can play second base. Now, with that being said, he played second base in New York and he did fine. But the only reason he played second base is because, and as he said... Specifically, the only way I'll ever move from shortstop to second base is if I'm playing alongside my good buddy Francisco Lindor. Newsflash, folks. Francisco Lindor is not coming to Detroit. That ain't happening. So we'll see how well that works out. A.J. Hinch likes his guys to be able to play multiple positions, though. Sort of like Joe Madden did. And Joe Madden made it work for Javier Baez. So there is that. And we can hope that this works out. We'll see.
I will tell you right now, I, I plan on putting an anemometer out on my patio and letting you know how much the wind changes, how much the speed of the wind changes when Detroit is at home and they're playing here in Windsor to see how much the wind changes from, from all the swings and misses that Javier Baez is going to be providing. Because let's face it, folks, all hail the strikeout king. Javier Baez is in Detroit. Now, on to Eduardo Rodriguez. I love what, Edu what Eduardo Rodriguez said in his press conference when he was welcomed to Detroit. Somebody asked him what it was about Detroit that lured him away from Boston. And if they could point, if he could point out one of the important reasons that he left Boston for Detroit. And he said, and I quote, which is bigger, 77 or 18? <laughs> Boston made a qualifying offer of one year, $18.4 million. And he turned that down to come to Detroit for five years at, at uh, basically at five years at 15 and a half or 15.4 million a year. Um, and he was honest about it. You know, one year versus five, $18 million versus 77. You know, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong with being honest about it? So I'm kind of happy that he was at least open and honest. Uh, look, there's a reason that the Tigers non-tendered Matt Boyd, and they knew they were going to do that at the end of the at the end, end of the regular season when he went for flexor tendon surgery. He was in his contract year. They didn't tender him an offer because they knew he wasn't going to be back until at the very earliest June. He seems to think he'll be able to start throwing in spring training, which is fine. But it's still going to take him until at least May or June to be able to come up onto get up onto a mound and start pitching again. Eduardo Rodriguez is proven. He's a winner. He pitched well in the postseason in 2019 and in 2021. He didn't pitch last year because of myocarditis, uh, because of COVID-19. And what I mean by that is he developed myocarditis as a side effect from having COVID-19, which is un unheard of, but it was something that happened to him and he wasn't sure if he was going to pitch again, let alone pitch to the to the level that he was able to pitch at this year. Now, he may have been a little bit off this year, but let's face it, I'll take Eduardo Rodriguez every fifth day over Matthew Boyd. Let's get to another couple of things. Um... Detroit had nine players that they could have offered to, that they could have tendered an offer to. Matt Boyd was the only one that they did not tender an offer to. Jose Cisnero, Joe Jimenez, Jamer Candelario, Dustin <clears throat> Dustin Garneau, Harold Castro, uh, Victor Reyes. I'm trying Spencer Turnbull, and I can't think of the other guy. <clears throat> Um, get all choked up thinking about it, <laughs> except not. Um, so the only one that they did not tender an offer to is Matt Boyd, and 
They did it for valid reasons. Now, you might sit there and go, well, Spencer Turnbull, you know, he's had Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's had Tommy John surgery. But he's proven what he's worth. He's proven his metal. He's proven what he's capable of doing. And you want that in your rotation next year. If not next year. Oh, Michael Fulmer was the the other uh, non the other offer that was tendered. So Jimenez, Fulmer, Cisnero, your bullpen is is there's your there's there's three bullpen pieces. Victor Reyes, Dustin Garneau, Dustin Garneau, Harold Castro, uh, Jamer Candelario, um, and uh, Spencer Turnbull. So. Those are the guys that they've tendered offers to. We'll say we'll say so long to Matt Boyd. He did a lot of good things in Detroit. He did a lot of th- good things in the community in Detroit. Uh, we want to congratulate him on uh, his wife's uh, delivery of twins in October. But this is the business of baseball. Now, a lot of people would sit there and say, and I, I'm one of, <clears throat> I'm one of them. I firmly believe that Detroit should have traded Boyd in 2019 and gotten something for him. But Alavila doesn't make good trades. Um, he's not done well on the trading market. And so as a result he would have probably ended up getting fleeced. So at the end of the day, we probably wouldn't have had any gotten anything back worth writing home about in a trade from, from Matt, with Matthew Boyd as the centerpiece. So in all honesty, I think this is, I think this is, this is, this is just Alavila. Like he, it really is. If, if you remember right, when he traded Ian Kinsler to the angels for, two right-handed pitching prospects, neither one of them are still with the organization. I think both of them are out of baseball. He basically said that the, that the Angels were the only people that were interested in trading for Kinsler, and they wouldn't give him what he wanted, so he had to take what they were offering. Well, okay. So you're basically saying you got screwed. Now, Kinsler isn't with the Angels anymore. I do believe he retired. But still, the whole idea is you traded a perennial all-star and a perennial gold glove finalist for two right-handed prospects that aren't even in the game anymore. In all honesty, they weren't even prospects. They were just right-handed minor league pitchers. So, Alavila just doesn't have a clue when it comes to making trades. They did trade for Tucker Barnhart this year. They or this offseason, they traded away uh second round pick in the 2019, I believe it was, uh draft Nick Quintana, third baseman. Uh they sent him to Cincinnati and immediately after they traded for Tucker Barnhart, they picked up his 2022 club option. Um for seven and a half million bucks. And they also said goodbye to Nico Goodrum. Uh, they cut him 
from the 40-man roster, and he had enough service time that he could have taken free agency over an outright uh, assignment to AAA. And he chose free agency. And if you didn't see that coming, then I'm sorry. So that's what's been going on for the Tigers this offseason. Uh, again, I'm not thrilled with Javier Baez, but with all that being said, it does fill a need, and we did need a shortstop, and let's think about what this 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 team is going to look like up the middle. You're going to have Tucker Barnhart, a gold glove winner behind home plate. You're going to have Javier Baez and a gold glove winner at short. Jonathan Scope, a gold glove finalist at second, and Derek Hill in center field. You can't get much better up the middle than that. So, from that standpoint, they've improved themselves defensively. I just don't know how they're going to do offensively with with Baez in the lineup because of the amount of times he strikes out and how young this lineup is going to be next year. You know, you're probably going to have... You may have Baez leading off. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, you know, you might have Riley Green leading off, but a rookie leadoff hitter? I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not big on that. I'm really not. Scope seems pretty firmly implanted in the second spot, and that's fine. You probably put Torkelson third. Cabrera fourth, or you'll switch the two. You'll flip-flop the two. Candelario fifth. Possibly Baez sixth. Um, more than likely... It's, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Really, it is. You know, honestly, it may be it may be a situation where Baez leads off, Scope bats second, Torkelson hits third, uh, Cabrera hits fourth, Candelario hits fifth, Riley Green hits sixth, uh, Robbie Grossman hits seventh, Tucker Barnhart hits eighth, and Derek Hill hits ninth, or vice versa, Barnhart uh, Hill hitting eighth, Barnhart hitting ninth. Robbie Grossman could very easily lead off. He did it early. He did it most of the year this year for the Tigers, although he seemed pretty happy in the three slot. So there's a very distinct possibility that it'll be Grossman, Scope, some sort of combination of Cabrera and Torkelson, Candelario, Green, Baez, um, and then some combination of Barnhart and Hill. Or Reyes or Badu, depending on what they do with the roster and depending on Derek Hill's health. So there you have it. This is episode one of season two. Uh, we probably won't be back until after the lockout is over. I hate to say it, but I really think that the fan, that the, the owners are going to go ahead and lock the players out tomorrow night. So, um, and I don't see that lockout lasting, or I don't see that lockout ending until after Christmas, probably after the beginning of the new year. Um, what that does to the winter meetings, I have no idea, because all business will be frozen. So that means the winter meetings will probably be in January, which will make things interesting. Um, 
and the Tigers are pretty much done spending. They they said they need one more pitcher. Uh, they wanted to get a couple of established uh, starters. Don't be surprised if you see Zach Grinke in a Tigers uniform next year because, again, the connection with A.J. Hinch. And he is a free agent. He'd be a pretty inexpensive deal. So that's a distinct possibility. So, and I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a, a starting rotation of Rodriguez, Granke, Mize, Scooble, Manning. So who knows? With that, folks, I want to thank Anchor for distrib- uh, for the distribution of the podcast. Um, if you're checking us out on the YouTube channel, thank you so much for doing that. If you're not checking us out on the YouTube channel, you might want to try doing that. Follow the uh, follow us on Twitter at Podcast Tigers. You can also check us out if you want to send us an email. You can do that. Um, TigersBaseballPodcast at gmail.com. It is the longest email address in the world, and I'm proud to say it. With that, folks, I'm Chris Schulte saying Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll be back after the lockout is over. And we'll see you then. Thank you so much. Go Tigers.